In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins to God our Father, asking him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this I deserve your punishment, both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, have mercy on me, a Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. In his great mercy, God made us alive in Christ, even when we were dead in our sins. Hear the word of Christ through his called servant. I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I will speak of your testimonies before kings, O Lord, and shall not be put to shame. Speak of your testimonies before kings, O Lord, and shall not be put to shame.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty and gracious Lord, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep us steadfast in your grace and truth. Protect and deliver us in times of temptation. Defend us against all enemies and grant to your church your saving peace. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first lesson for the Festival of the Reformation is written in the Revelation of Jesus Christ to St. John, chapter 14. Then I saw another angel flying directly overhead with an eternal gospel to proclaim to those who dwell on earth, to every nation and tribe and language and people. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, because the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. Walk about Zion, go about her, number her towers. Consider well her ramparts, go through her citadels. The second lesson is written in St. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 3. Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. What then, what has become, uh, what becomes of our boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. For we hold that one is justified by faith, apart from the works of the law. 
This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please stand. good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Jesus. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise be to
Grace and peace to you from God the Father and from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. There are many who think that the Word of God and the Christians who hear and believe the Word of God are dangerous. They claim, they think, they feel that the Word of God and those who believe it are, are guilty of inciting violence. Literal violence, they say. And for this reason, they feel quite dis- just justified in their attempts to silence or to suppress what they consider, what we consider, and here is the Word of God, what they consider to be hate speech. But this is nothing new. It was an accusation leveled against God's prophets of old. It was true of the preaching of John the Baptist who was silenced by the cutting off of his head. It is essentially that the charge against Jesus that his ideas were dangerous. He was accused of tearing down the temple. St. Paul, likewise, was accused of, of inciting riots, violence. And fast forward to the Lutheran Reformation. And it is the preaching of Martin Luther that, that men are saved by, by God's grace alone through faith and not by the works of the law that was deemed dangerous. And they felt like people were were getting so riled up and out of control that it simply had to be stopped. On the other hand, there are also those, or that many who would disagree that the word of God incites violence. And indeed, the, the Bible teaches the way of love and of peace Many would say, therefore, that that Christians are in all occasions to be against violence and are to be promoters of tolerance and peace and generally to mind their own business and keep their mouths shut. In other words, that religion just is never something to argue about or fight over. It would appear, at least from the words of our gospel for today, that Jesus would agree with the former. Jesus would agree that the word of God does incite violence, a kind of it. But what does this mean? The words that Jesus speaks in our our gospel today, in Matthew 11, are a little tricky. What he's talking about, he's talking about John the Baptist who already at this time was already in prison for his preaching, and Jesus is talking about the fruits, the results of John's preaching. He says, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. At first reading, it might seem that Jesus was talking about the enemies of the gospel, 
who use force and violence to attack and attempt to destroy the kingdom of heaven. Like King Herod, for example, and his sword. Or, or like the leaders of the Jews, or uh, who arrest Jesus, or the Ro Romans who crucify him. Or any number of opponents of Christ and his gospel throughout time who have attempted to snuff out the preaching of the word by violent force. But notice the second half of Jesus' sentence. First he says that from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence. And then he says, and the violent take it by force. You see, the enemies of Christ, try as they may, cannot wrest the kingdom from thy son. They can't take it. The kingdom of heaven cannot, can never be taken except by those to whom it is given. Who is it that has stormed the gates of the kingdom of heaven by force? It is you. The kingdom of heaven cannot be taken except by those to whom it is given. And, and Jesus himself says, we heard it in our verse of the day, Jesus says, have no fear, little flock, for the, Father, the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. The kingdom of God belongs to the children of God. But they are not by nature children of God. By nature, we are enemies of God, opponents of God outside of his kingdom. How, how is it, how could it be that we could become his children? How do we get the kingdom? Well, Jesus continues. He says, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. What did they prophesy? St. Paul in our epistle says the law and the prophets testify to this. To what, he says? Paul says, to the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus for all who believe it. The law and the prophets, John the Baptist, St. Paul, and Christian preachers in every generation alike preach, they prophesy, they testify to this that repentance and forgiveness of sins for Jesus' sake, for free, by grace, not by the works of the law. And this word, this preaching, does something. It does something to those who hear it. We might say it incites violence, as it were. That is, it awakens you. It lights a fire under our hearts to take hold of that gospel promise and to take possession of the promised kingdom. And to let no one stand in our way until it is. Martin Luther, in a, in a comment on this, this verse, he explains this violence by which the kingdom of God is taken. He says, as nothing other than that people love the word vehemently, 
and give it pride of place before all the goods of life and body. The prophets prophesy, the preachers preach, Christ speaks, and his word enlivens our hearts with faith faith which fervently lays hold of the promised kingdom. Another theologian writes it this way. He says, with this expression, suffers violence, Christ wanted to describe the nature and property of justifying faith. Namely, that it's not aimless knowledge. It's not cold thinking, but a very ardent disposition of the heart, which fervent desire, wrestling and striving through all obstacles, sighing, seeking and trusting, drive faith to that point that it so seeks, embraces and plans to hold on to the kingdom of heaven, which the word is offering, in the same way as those try to invade and occupy some place by violence, who spare no labors and are frightened by no perils to accomplish this. The word of God causes us to stop at nothing, to enter it and to take it, as if by force. It is not by rights ours. And nevertheless, we take our place in it boldly, confidently, forcefully even, by this word, this promise, by grace, by faith. Only, the the truth is, though, that it's not our violent acts, And it's not our good deeds or even our desire, our will for the kingdom that brings us into God's kingdom. Only the righteousness of his son. Only his grace and mercy given to us as gift. Only the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. But the preaching of the gospel lights a fire under. It moves us to a fighting ferocity, an intense love and desire for that word which delivers this promise to us. While at the same time, this preaching then also rebukes all indifference. It rebukes any complacency, all self-satisfaction with regard to the preaching of the word of God that would be a warning to you. If the word of God does not incite you to a little violence, that is, if it does not rouse in you a passion for in you to lay hold of what it holds out to you, it's a warning that if you wouldn't fight for it, you may have already lost it. It would be a rebuke to those who think Christianity, they, they call themselves Christianity, and think that, think that Christianity is fine as long as Christians behave themselves and don't get riled up or say something or some doctrine or some behavior is wrong. As long as you don't go suggesting that Christians actually ought to live differently than the unbelieving world around them. That's fine as long as you don't challenge or critique my lifestyle or my choices. Fine, as long as I'm not made uncomfortable in any way. 
or be asked to repent. But fortunately for us, the word of God is still preached to you and still inciting you, riling you up. It preaches repentance. That does incite the daily killing, not of some person or force, but the daily killing of your sinful flesh. Drowning your old Adam in baptismal waters every day in daily contrition. And it works to fire up in me, fire me up to root out all evil, to, to cut out of my life everything that would lead me astray. Fires me up to be fanatical, forceful even in my daily need, my desperate need for continual growth in the word of God through Bible study, through daily devotion and daily prayer. The word of God creates in Christians a desire to love all the more this word of God and nothing to stop us from receiving it. Perhaps I can give you just two illustrations, examples in the life of the church in which this could be seen, imagined. In the divine service, the gifts of Christ, all the gifts of Christ could be summarized by the symbol of the cross. And it's often done just that way, drawn as a cross in the air over people of God. As shorthand, for everything that Jesus has won and accomplished, everything that Jesus has done on his cross and now wishes to give to you. So, it is that the pastor marks you, God's people, with the sign of the cross at, at times like the invocation or the absolution, the blessing. I've often thought about it in this way and, and explained it. One way of thinking of the sign of the cross that is made upon a person, it is as though one is so moved by the word of God and the preaching of the cross of Jesus Christ for me that when you see that cross made over you, it is as though you reached out, reached toward the front of the church and grabbed it through the air and pulled it violently, yanking it to yourself from him to you, saying to yourself, that cross of Jesus and everything that he's done for you is mine. I am a child of God. I have the forgiveness of sins. I have God's blessing upon me. Secondly, concerning the reception of Holy Communion and Holy Absolution, Luther rightly teaches that pastors are, are to compel no one to receive it at any given time or place or in any way force them, but he says that they, preachers, are to preach in such a way that people will come of their own accord and even, he says, even compel their pastors to give it, as if they would be moved by the word and promise of God so forcefully to violently, Luther mentions a, a parishioner grabbing his preacher, his pastor by the lapels and demanding the sacrament, to demand what is theirs by promise. Of course, neither we nor Jesus are advocating an actual incitement to physical violence against the person of any person. Certainly not against the kingdoms of this world 
we are no match for them. We would lose. Against these, we'll let Jesus fight for us. But rather, that Jesus teaches that the preaching of the word of God creates a faith in us that loves the word of God deeply, fervently. And that will insist, even forcefully, it will insist upon hearing it attentively, faithfully, regularly, and would even fight. It would give up anything, even fight rather to avoid letting go of it, losing it, softening it or weakening it, or ever giving it up. A faith that would lead us to cry as we do in the hymn and take they our life. Goods, fame, child, and wife, let these all be gone. They yet have nothing won. The kingdom, ours, remaineth. Amen. Please stand. Peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We join now in confessing the Christian faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty.
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious God, you have renewed your church in every age with the voices of those who recall your people to the gospel and who speak your word in all circumstances. Receive our thanks for Martin Luther and those with him who contended for the gospel against many and great enemies. Make us bold that we would also contend for the faith against those who would silence our voices or distract your people from the one true gospel of the crucified and risen Christ. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, guard and defend us and your whole Christian church throughout the world, that we may be protected from the temptations of the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, you make us truly your disciples. Keep us in your word, free us from all errors, and make our homes and families peaceful. Preserve all fathers and encourage them for their godly task, that children would be brought up in the fear and instruction of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy, have mercy upon our nation. Give us good and faithful rulers who will govern after your good pleasure. Give us comfort and a right understanding of your rule in this world, that we would not be deceived to think earthly powers will last forever, but have confidence in you alone. Your kingdom come. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of life, we marvel again at the wonderful way in which you bring children into the world. Accept our thanks for holding your protective hand over mother and child in childbirth and bringing to Gavin and Kelsey Lalleman the gift of a baby girl. Receive her into your family with the sacrament of holy baptism. Watch and protect this child and family all the days of their lives. Lord, in your mercy. God of grace, do not let your people fear, though the earth gives way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. Rescue all people in need and comfort them with the promise that you are with them. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have brought us by your word out of the darkness of error and into the light of your grace. Mercifully help us to walk in that light. Guard us from error and false doctrine and grant that we would not become ungrateful and despise your word, but receive it with all our heart, conduct our lives according to it, and put our trust in your grace. Through the merits of Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good and right that we should at all times and in all places give you thanks, O Lord. Holy Father, almighty and everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with all the saints on earth and hosts of heaven, we praise your holy name and join their glorious song.
Almighty God, endless is your mercy and eternal is your reign. Out of love you created us and everything which exists. In mercy you preserved the church in Noah's day with a flood. In grace you promised to bless us through Abraham's seed. With patience you protected that seed through the judges and kings of Israel. In faithfulness you repeated your promises through the prophets. And when the time had fully come, you sent your Son, born of a woman, born under law to redeem those under law with a perfect and sufficient sacrifice, which paid the price for the sins of the entire world. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you, for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Therefore, gracious Lord, we bow before you in thankfulness for your many and varied gifts, for Christ's redemptive death, his victorious resurrection, his ascension promises, and his powerful reign at your right hand. Bolstered by your endless grace and Pentecost spirit, we eagerly await his glorious return. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
O God, the Father, source of all goodness, in your loving kindness you sent your Son to share our humanity. We thank you that through him you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. We also pray that you will not forsake us, but will rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, so that we willingly serve you day after day. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Good morning and welcome. Today is the day of our fall uh, quarterly meeting, so you are all invited.